Tonight on the Worldview Report, was Tucker Carlson's life in danger when he traveled to Moscow to interview Vladimir Putin? There are reports saying it was, but not from Putin. Laura Logan goes to Washington to testify about free speech in America, or the lack thereof. Her comments, they will shock you. After delaying a vote for 18 months, the government of Hungary finally bends the knee to Washington, D.C. and agrees to expand NATO again, this time to include Sweden. A U.S. airman was hospitalized in critical condition after he set himself on fire outside of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. on Sunday. Sadly, he has died. And a major American university announces it will be displaying an 18-foot satanic statue on its campus this week. We'll explain what the statue is meant to celebrate. All these stories and more as the Worldview Report begins right now. This is Worldview Report with host Brandon House. Whether it is news from the nation's capital or your state capital, from the classroom to the boardroom, from national security to national and local news that impacts you and your family, Worldview Report is your trusted source for vital and uncensored news. And now, here is Brandon House. Good evening and welcome to the Worldview Report. We lead off tonight with a shocking development out of Russia. A man has reportedly been arrested in Moscow, accused of being paid by Ukrainian intelligence operatives to plant an explosive device on Tucker Carlson's vehicle and assassinate the prominent American journalist while he was there to interview Vladimir Putin. The story is being reported on Twitter by multiple sources, including Simon Abeta, the White House correspondent at Today News Africa in Washington. The original report was published at a Russian news site. The man, Vasily Petrov, he's age 35 and is shown in a video claiming that he was recruited into a Ukrainian intelligence unit in November of 2023, and he trained in explosive devices. His first assignment, to plant a bomb under the vehicle of Carlson's chauffeur. Well. It was parked at the Four Seasons Hotel in Moscow. He was allegedly going to be paid $4,000 for the hit job. He said he was arrested before he could carry out the task. Watch this. We have no way of knowing for sure if this man's story is legitimate or if he was somehow recruited as a double agent serving propaganda purposes of Moscow. We put it out there for you to decide for yourself. 
One of Nikki Haley's major donors has pulled the plug on funding her presidential campaign. Americans for Prosperity Action, that's a Koch network pack, has pulled its support for Haley's campaign after her dismal showing in the South Carolina primary. Haley lost by 20 points to Donald Trump in her home state. And there's no amount of happy talk from the candidate or her surrogates that can smooth out this humiliating loss. If a candidate cannot win her own state and she was a two-term governor, then how realistic is it to think that there is a solid way forward? Well, there's not. So this will force Haley to make a decision. Does she continue on after Super Tuesday, or does she acknowledge that this is the inevitable, the time of dropping out? Karen Townsend, in an article at Hot Air, she writes, quote, she has committed to remaining through Super Tuesday, and she probably has the resources to do that. But what then? Does she burn through her political capital and torch her chances of being a top candidate in 2028? End quote. The billionaire Koch brothers and their network was a major windfall for Haley in November. Their political pack is, well, flush with financial resources and a large volunteer personnel network. Americans for Prosperity Act, or AFP Action. They sent out an email to staffers. Senior advisor Emily Seidel said that the PAC no longer believes that, quote, any outside group can make a material difference to widen Haley's path to victory, end quote. Now, the ball is in Haley's court. We'll see what she does, probably within the next week or two. Hungary's parliament ratified Sweden's bid to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO. This was done in a vote on Monday, making the Northern European country the latest to join the military alliance. Sweden, which applied alongside Finland to join the alliance as a result of the Russian-Ukraine war, will now be the 32nd member of the defense organization. Quote, Sweden's membership will make us all stronger and safer, end quote. So said NATO Secretary General Hans Stoltenberg. He posted this to X. Hungary was the lone member nation holdout on Sweden. Sweden's entrance into the alliance still faces a couple of steps, including an official invitation by Stoltenberg. Then the ascension documents will need to be filed with the U.S. State Department, which serves as NATO's depository. Hungary's approval was 18 months in coming. And it is seen as a blow to Russian President Vladimir Putin because the Hungarian president, Viktor Orban, well, is one of Putin's closest allies. Orban changed his position after a meeting with the Swedish prime minister who agreed to supply Hungary with fighter jets. Orban said the agreement would strengthen the country's security and encouraged his parliament to approve the bid. Swedish prime minister Kristersson welcomed the vote in a statement claiming it was, quote, a historic day, end quote, for the country. Quote, the parliaments of all NATO member states have now voted in favor of Swedish ascension to NATO, end quote. That's what he said, according to Politico. Quote, Sweden stands ready to shoulder its responsibility for Euro-Atlantic security, end quote. Just the News reports that the Taliban on Monday held a public execution of a man convicted of murder before thousands of onlookers and a sports stadium in Afghanistan. The brother of the murdered man shot the condemned man five times with a rifle in a stadium in Chirbagahan, the capital of Afghanistan's northern Jazjan province. 
That's according to a witness and is cited by the Associated Press. The stadium had heavy security as the execution occurred amid heavy snowfall. Monday's execution lists the third death sentence to be carried out over the past five days and the fifth public execution since the Taliban seized control of Afghanistan back in August of 2021. On Thursday, two men were convicted of stabbing people to death and they were executed by gunshot in a stadium and they were shot by relatives of the victims. Taliban had initially promised to rule more moderately than it did in the 1990s. The United Nations, well, they have strongly criticized the Taliban for public executions and they have demanded an end to the practice. A U.S. airman was hospitalized in critical condition after he set himself on fire on Sunday afternoon outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. That's according to officials. Astonishingly, the military is saying that they have not reached any conclusion on the man's motives. The Washington, D.C. Fire Department and EMS responded to the Israeli embassy shortly before 1 p.m. Sunday discovered a man with severe burn injuries. That's according to The Hill. The injuries were critical and life-threatening, and he sadly passed away just a few hours later. The U.S. Air Force confirmed Sunday evening that the victim was an active-duty airman. Authorities gave no motive for why the man set himself on fire, but he clearly was a victim of his own anti-Israel ideology. Watch this. I am an active-duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. U.S. Secret Service members had extinguished the fire that was engulfing the man. That's what a spokesperson for the agency told the Independent. Officers would not confirm if the incident was related to a nearby protest of the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip. But it seems obvious that it was. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back from the break, and thank you for joining us. And thank you for telling your family and friends about the broadcast, Worldview Report. It airs each and every night at worldviewtube.com and at patriot.tv. And again, it's brought to you in part by our largest sponsor, which is wvwfoundation.com. That's wvwfoundation.com. 
If you appreciate the fact that we're producing this broadcast, it takes about seven of us, 15 man hours a day to do it, and you appreciate the fact we push it out for free, then we need your support because it's not free for us to stream it or produce it. So please do consider supporting our work through the foundation, wvwfoundation.com. Our foundation exists to be involved in producing free programming, radio shows, TV shows, documentaries, books, conferences, that help people understand the times and respond to what's happening through the lens and practice of the Christian worldview. If you appreciate that fact, then please support us. You see, we could put this broadcast immediately behind a paywall where you have to pay to see it, but we don't do that. We let it air, and then we put it out for everyone to watch on demand at worldviewtube.com, and now at patriot.tv. So thank you for helping us by supporting our sponsor that helps make available free programming like this. WVWfoundation.com, WVWfoundation.com. You'll also find our mailing address there if you prefer to support us through the mail. We are looking for more regular monthly contributors, $5, $10, $15, $20 a month, whatever you can afford. Please do consider signing up for an automatic contribution. Thank you. WVWfoundation.com. Award-winning investigative journalist Laura Logan testified Monday before Senator Ron Johnson's investigative committee on the topic of federal health agencies and the COVID cartel. What are they hiding? That was the title. Logan, well, she gave a first-hand account of what it's like for journalists who go against the carefully crafted narratives of the mainstream media outlets, who work in unison to suppress stories that the federal deep state don't want us to know about while magnifying the stories they want us, that they want us to hear and believe. Here's a clip from her testimony. Hello, everybody. I was asked to testify on media censorship and uh, the First Amendment, the importance of free speech. And I do want to say that it is an honor and a privilege to be here with all of you and with you, Senator Johnson. Thank you for hosting this uh, rogue committee. Um, it's, uh, it's important to all of us because of everything discussed today that we address the, um, the vital principles and values that exist really only in the United States of America. And that said, these are the worst of times for the media in this country. We live in the age of information warfare where propaganda is not simply a weapon it is the entire field of battle. This is a war for our minds that is aided by advanced technology, and we have never been here, not in all of human history. It is a moment when we as journalists should stand together, united, and regardless of politics, we should fight for the truth, and we should fight for freedom. Yet, not very long ago, we allowed one of our own, Tucker Carlson, to be branded as a traitor simply for doing his job. In fact, there were many so-called journalists who were leading the charge against Tucker, accusing him of treason for the simple fact of interviewing the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. And to my knowledge, there was not a single legacy media institution that spoke up. This was more than a politically motivated attack on one man. It was a betrayal of the most sacred principles of a free press. 
And my media colleagues know this to be true, no matter what they say. My fear is that they either no longer care or that they lack the moral courage to be honest, including with themselves. I have worked at the highest levels of the media as a full-time correspondent for 60 Minutes, chief foreign correspondent for CBS News, chief foreign affairs correspondent for CBS News. That was my home for 16 years. And as a journalist, I have sat down with world leaders, mass murderers, and terrorists. And I have held people on both sides of the aisle accountable. I have seen suffering, and I have faced evil, and I have walked through the fires of hell on distant battlefields. I faced my own death at the hands of a mob of some 200 men in Egypt when I was gang raped and sodomized and beaten almost to death while on assignment for 60 minutes. And yet for almost a decade, I have been targeted and falsely branded and accused of many things that I did not do. They have attacked my work, my character, my sanity, and my marriage. And I am not alone. We are many. And we will not give up, and we will not give in. To those who wish to censor the idea of free speech in America and all over the world. In other news, the University of Houston recently announced it will be displaying an 18-foot satanic statue on their campus this Wednesday, February 28th. The golden statue called Witness. Well, it comes complete with goat horn braids and tentacle-like arms. It's supposedly meant to celebrate abortion. The statue, it will be erected at the campus's Cullen Family Plaza. And the statue is being erected in honor of the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Students for Life, well, they're fighting back by placing 1,025 pink crosses on the campus to represent the number of preborn babies, boys and girls, that die each day from the violence of abortion. Join Students for Life is urging the University of Houston Board of Regents to remove this figure from campus immediately. Financier and philanthropist and head of the renowned Rothschild banking empire, Lord Jacob Rothschild, has died at age 87. His family confirmed his death in a statement on Monday and described the grandfather, who has held a number of senior financial and philanthropic roles, as a, quote, towering presence, end quote. According to the London-based Sunday Times annual rich list, the Rothschild fortune is estimated at just over $1 billion, and they give away a reported $84 million to Jewish causes, education, and art. Now, what I'll say is this. If you believe the house of Rothschilds is only worth a billion dollars after 200 years in the merchant banking business, well, then I've got some land in Florida I'd like to sell you, and it's in a swampy area. The family, they have been invested in everything from gold and diamond mines in South Africa to mainstream media companies in the UK. The family is also notorious for financing wars that have been advantageous to the family business, going back to the late 1800s. This is according to numerous reports. Lord Rothschild was married for more than 50 years to Serena, who died in 2019. And he leaves behind four children, Hannah, Beth, Emily, and Nat, and many 
grandchildren. The Rothschild Foundation confirmed Lord Rothschild's daughter, Hannah, would succeed him as chair of the charity. In a statement announcing his death, his family said, quote, Our father, Jacob, was a towering presence in many people's lives. A superbly accomplished financier, a champion of the arts and culture, a devoted public servant, a passionate supporter of charitable causes in Israel and Jewish culture, a keen environmentalist, and much-loved friend, father, and grandfather, end quote. The family said Lord Jacob Rothschild will be buried in accordance with Jewish custom in a small family ceremony, and there will be a memorial at a later date to celebrate his life. The Daily Wire reports that numerous House Democrats have signaled that they would not certify a 2024 presidential election win from Donald Trump, relying on the 14th Amendment to claim Trump is an insurrectionist and thus ineligible from holding office. Democrats, including Reps James Clyburn from South Carolina, Jamie Raskin from Maryland, Adam Schiff from California, Eric Swalwell from California, and even House Minority Leader Hakem Jeffries, they said they will refuse to confirm Trump as returning to office if he wins the election in 2024. As Dan McLaughlin explained at the National Review, Democrats could have the votes to sustain an objection to a Trump win if they take control of the House. He writes, quote, only a simple majority is required. And unlike when the House chooses a president under the 12th Amendment, they don't vote by states. Unlike in 2016 or 2004, when they were in the minority, House Democrats could be playing with live ammunition, In quote. Still, a majority of senators would also have to object to a Trump win as well. This would likely take 51 senators. And as McLaughlin pointed out, this would be a tough task for Democrats. They, quote, either have to hold every seat they currently occupy, and good luck in West Virginia, or take a Republican-held seat, the bluest of which is either Ted Cruz in Texas or Rick Scott's in Florida, end quote. Well, now it's time for our nightly worldview report commentary. A reporter for the left-leaning mainstream media outlet Politico appeared on MSNBC this week and basically laid out her, well, utter hatred of conservative Christians. This person's name is not recognizable and it's not important. But her opinions are indicative of a wider attitude in the mainstream corporate media, particularly when it comes to Christians. She said that any Christian who believes that people's rights come from God, which, by the way, is a bedrock tenet of Western civilization for the last 200 years or more, anyone that believes that she said is not a real Christian, but what she calls a Christian nationalist. Watch this. The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. Well, she obviously has never read the Declaration of Independence. I wonder if she's even read the Magna Carta or any of the other documents that inspired our founding father. She's either extremely dishonest or extremely foolish. And I mean Romans 1, foolish. I believe what's going on here has more to do with dishonesty than foolishness. 
before authoritarian regimes can embark on an extermination project against any of their perceived enemies or any of the perceived threat to their power, the first thing that they must accomplish is to dehumanize the targeted group and make them a scapegoat. I've been saying this for years and years in my books, on my radio show, my TV shows, my documentaries. Marginalize, characterize, terrorize, and then legalize the terrorizing of your political enemies. And I think that's what's going on here. I think they're trying to dehumanize their political opponents. And I think they have strategically set out to demonize, characterize, and then normalize the violence against the intended target. And in this case, it's largely Christians or those that hold to a Judeo-Christian worldview. You can see the elements of this strategy in the famous Marxist book by Saul Alinsky, Rules for Radicals. And there is a long history of this kind of tactic going back to the Nazi regime. They did it against the Jews, obviously. They did it against a lot of people throughout history. And it's going on again. This time, it's going on against both Christians and Jews. So, if you're a conservative Christian, do not be caught off guard by what's coming. They already are laying the foundation for what it is that's coming. And it has been described as a plan called disintegration warfare. That is a plan that is now out in the open that's being practiced by the communist Chinese, the CCP. Disintegration warfare. That's what they're planning for America. And as I reported on my radio show today and TV show last night, we now have Peter Schweitzer telling us that there are thousands of boxes of Glock switches that have been shipped into America that allow military-age male CCPs that have come over the border illegally, about 100,000 of them, plus all the gangs the CCP are working with, it will allow them to take semi-automatics and turn them into machine guns. So my friends, what do you think they have planned? And by the way, this disintegration warfare strategy also has a psychological component. Now, what do you think October 7th did psychologically to the people of Israel? Do not be shocked if that kind of event takes place here at the hands of the red-green axis. It'll be part of this psychological process and this disintegration warfare. The question is, do you see all the warning signs? Are you preparing? Are you warning your family and friends? And let me ask you this. Do you know of any other broadcast outlet that is talking like this, using the history, using a Christian worldview, help people understand the times and know how to respond? And what does the Christian worldview say about this? The biblical worldview response to this, folks, is self-defense. The Bible openly says that we have the right to defend ourselves. Now, some lay down their life as martyrs. But you and I have the biblical right. In fact, we have the biblical obligation to defend our families, our communities, the innocent among us. Pure religion is this, provide for, to care for, and defend the widows and the orphans. So that also comes into play as well. I don't know how to tell you any more clearly. You better prepare because all the warning signs are there. And the CCP, they're openly telling us they're going to implement their disintegration warfare strategy that's, well, in the making right now in America.
That does it for this edition of the Worldview Report. Thanks for watching, and thank you for supporting this broadcast. One way you can support us, and I think support your health, is by going to melissahousebg.com. This is an elixir I take twice a day. I've been telling you about it now since December 2nd. I got on it. I'm having great results. We are getting wonderful testimonies emailed to us by many of you that have a subscription and are also taking it. Now, you can take it once a day. That's fine. My wife and I, Melissa, we take it twice a day. Collagen and men, we need collagen for our eyesight, hair growth, uh, flexibility of our joints and tendons, our skin. Then cat's claw, that's an anti-inflammatory. A lot of problems are related to inflammation. And then astraxanthin, that's loaded. That's loaded with antioxidants that take on those free radicals. So again, you don't have to take my word for it. All the details are there in about 80 clinical trials at melissahousebg.com. melissahousebg.com. I think it's a great way for you to support your health and support us at the same time. Another way you can support us is by making sure you have your own medical emergency kit from my friends at the Wellness Company. To order one, all you got to do is go to twc.health forward slash Brandon. twc.health forward slash Brannon, amoxicillin, ivermectin, and a lot of other vital meds in this kit. Get one for every family member. Remember last week I reported on pharmacies being hacked and their inability to fulfill prescriptions. Let that be a warning. You need to have one of these for every family member and maybe more than one for every family member. Because if the grid goes down, or there's other disruptions, I have no idea how long that will be. But I would have one of these on hand for each family member like I do. twc.health forward slash Brandon. twc.health forward slash Brandon. And then superfoodshouse.com. Superfoodshouse.com. I think that's another great way to support your health and this broadcast. All natural, organic, vegetable, and fruit smoothies. You can make one today. Just simply order it up. Carrot juice, dark berry, all kinds of options there. Superfoodshouse.com. Don't spend the time and effort juicing. That's a lot of work. Take this organic product where they pulled the organic fruits and vegetables out of the field, brought it into their facility. They juiced it, dehydrated it, took the powder, put it in a bag. They ship it to you. You scoop it out, mix it with water, and you got yourself a delicious and all-natural fruit or veggie smoothie. You'll find more details at superfoodshouse.com. You can join Melissa, who's on the 30-day program. You don't have to do the 30-day program, but you can try it out. Or just order the products you think you will benefit from the most. Superfoodshouse.com. Thank you. Well, that does it. Till next time, I'm Brandon House. May God save America. Take care.